0: This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. We acknowledge Elders past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. Welcome to Spooky Speaks, everybody. Hello, Spooky. What a good day to be speaking about spooks. Maybe. Um That might be a great intro for us. We haven't really nailed it down about what our intro should be. No, I think we've been doing a fairly dodgy job at that. And you know what we haven't been doing and what we've been getting complaints about is Mm -hmm. that we have not been explaining what the pod is. People have been jumping in. Um, We've had a lot of people saying that they jump in and they don't understand that I'm a chihuahua. They don't understand that you're a homosexual. Um, They don't understand that we're recording this um, from a treehouse in West Brunswick. Um, there's lots of things that they don't seem to understand. Oh, well, you know, can we really compensate for people just not playing their part? I think like they need to do their research before they engage with this. Well, no, I think what we're going to have to do, and what a lot of other podcasts do that I've been looking at, is that we have to sort of tell everyone who we are all the time, which is, I mean, frankly, exhausting. <sighs> all right. But, like, if you had to sum yourself up in three words, and you weren't allowed to use the word... Tired or cuckolded? Um, how would you describe yourself? Well, I, I guess uh, I'm a person who breathes. I'm mm. always breathing. Um, breathing I, down I, my neck—that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm also a homosexual, as you said. Uh, Famously, yeah, flaming. What else? Oh, I, I, I'm your daddy. Mm. Yeah. What about what about you? What can you tell the people? Well, I'm a chihuahua. I'm a former treasurer of Australia. Um, I can cut a really good um, feathered bang. Um, can hem a trouser in a pinch, and I'm also gay. Yeah, I didn't know that, Spooky. Well, everyone's gay. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, that's a nice way to start the week. I mean, you've had a bit of a crazy week, I've heard, Spooky. Oh, I have. Yeah. I mean, if I'm sounding a little bit tired, it's because I couldn't. I didn't sleep a wink last night. Oh, Why not? Oh, I was hitting the slots pretty hard. How are you hitting the slots? I know I'm not supposed to, but. The thrill of the wheel. Uh, yeah. How did the big opening at a Junior's Casino go? Uh, it didn't go very well, did it? Well, No, it didn't. Well, it didn't go well, and it didn't go well exactly for the reasons that I thought it wouldn't go well. Right, well... I... It was almost like I was a prophet last week. Yeah. Didn't I tell you... Or didn't I tell... You heard me tell Delta Goodram on the phone not to sing the song Butterfly. Yeah. Well, yes, I did hear you say that on the phone. Um, maybe... I said she could do any other song. I said she could even do covers. Yeah. But she insisted. She hasn't sung that song in years. I've been I've been going to every one of um, Delta Goodrum's concerts. You know, at the the Margaret Court Arena, and you know, all over, um, following her around really, like, because I love her. But that so- she hasn't played that song in years. It's from her first album. I was like. This one, especially, is just not going to go over well, because we've got a lot of caterpillars. Right. So, I mean, I'm going to stop you here. So, uh, I want you to take me through it step by step. So, it's the Grand Opening of Janina's Casino, you're down there on the Mornington Peninsula. People found their way. The directions were sufficient. The directions were more than sufficient. We had more people show up than we thought we were going to get. All right. How many people did you have there? It's 40 to 50. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, wait, you're running the tables, you're serving the drinks. Well, I was also doing the coat check. Oh. Uh, 40 to 50 coats, had to find places for them. We ran out of storage um, very quick and fast. Janine had those, you know, those kind of, like, roller storage at the back of the room? You yeah. Know, like, you kind of roll them, but it was all full of, um, it was all full of towels. Oh. Wet towels? No, dry, it was a linen closet. Oh, um, right. oh. But she hadn't cleared it out. Fucking Because it was in a good room. Yeah, so where did you put the coats? So I had to just throw them on a bed upstairs. Oh, right. Mm. So there was a whole bunch of coats. Would you say they were, like, good quality fabrics or were there synthetic stuff? Stuff that's likely to... What, catch on fire? Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So well, you've got all these coats that are all sort of piled up. I, I assume that they're, they're pouring out of the bedroom. Well, I had to pile them on the bed. I didn't know where else to put them. And, you know, obviously a lot of people had their keys in their pockets that when I threw them, they all got tangled together. And that was the, I mean, that was the first shamble of yeah. a series of shambles. Uh, well, well, so talk me through it. So you've got there, you're serving the drinks, entertainment's right. going. Everything was going pretty well. I mean, I'd, I'd come up with a solution for the um, over-management um, of coats. Um, I'd come up with a drink solution. Um, we were going to try to serve um, some Bloody Mary's. Mm. But we didn't have any tomato juice. Oh, right. But we did have tomato sauce. Oh. So I thought we could just mix a bit of tomato sauce, a bit of water. We also didn't have any Tabasco. But I thought we put a bit of Baileys in there. Right. Pretty similar. It's kind of spicy. hmm So it was uh, tomato sauce with water, Baileys. We didn't have any celery sticks. So I got a couple of shoots of grass out of the backyard. So it's that. Mm. instead of pepper mm. which obviously we didn't have um, earwax oh god famously peppery have you ever tried it I'd look I'd, not in a while yeah uh, well oh we are getting in an email oh it's just from our expert oh oh that's right yes I've got i um, um, I've got an interview lined up yes well, for that's today very exciting i oh, yes with a, with a very a very special expert yeah well no no because I bring it back you're mm. still making these drinks how do they go off with the guests great yeah, yep. they were great. Oh, they really liked them? People said they were the best drink that they've had all week. Oh. Mm. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah. So that's going really well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Kermit and his communist singer Frogs got up and did a performance. Oh, they did a very lacklustre performance. I mean, there was no trouble there. Everyone kind of just turned their backs. You know, where it's like someone really embarrassing is playing and you sort of try to pretend, you know, like they're not there. Everyone was just sort of had their back to them. Uh, you know, going over to the crabs table and... Uh, yeah, so they're know. a real support act, I guess. They're a real support act. Yeah. I kept telling people, I kept going up, um, to the back of people and being like, you know, this is just really, like, this is just background music. Just think about it as background music. Just, you know, put some bets on who wants to bet. And we had the mechanical horses going. Oh, right. Obviously. I thought um, you were going to get rats. I thought you were going to race rats. We couldn't get the rats. Oh, right. Yeah. So where'd we you get to... the mechanical horses from then? Um... They were selling them down at the, um, um, at uh, Fleming- what, down f- Flemington, in oh. the, the race course. They, they had a mechanical horse for sale.
1: Oh, yeah. How much you pick it up for?
0: Um, free. Oh, wow. That's a pretty good deal, Spooky. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, Kermit's done it. So the horses were going well. You're making a lot of money off the horses? Um, I mean, it, people were giving the horses a lot of money, but then a lot of people were upset because, you know, it would just rock back and forth. Oh. Yeah. And people would just, you know, be like, is this the kind of, a lot of people ask me, is this the kind of horse that you would put a small child on? Like, is it that kind of horse? And I was like, no, no, there's a gambling element to it. I swear to God. Like, you know, you can gamble on whether it's going to rock left or right or whether it's going to get jiggly. And I had, I had $50 on it getting um, real jiggly in um, 30 seconds flat. Yeah. And I raked it up. Oh, it paid out? Yeah, paid out. Yeah. I won $2,000. All right. So obviously... Lost you... it all, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, what would you lose it on? Fire insurance. Oh. So you're serving these drinks. They're a huge mm. hit. Mm-hmm. You're making a good, a good, 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 good amount of money on this, this rock, this, a... this this horse, the mechanical horse. The mechanical horse is going great. We're making yeah. bank on that. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've had a lot of people come through. A lot of people are, you know, putting their money down on the tables. Um, Corey gets up. Yeah. Um, so, Corey, this is Corey the Slippery Boy. Corey the Slippery Boy. He does his great routine. He does his cartwheels, and then me and Janine um, strap him into his harness, and we start, um, you know, hoisting him up um, over the banister. Um, and he's doing really well. He slips out of it. How did he slip out? Um, well, he's very greasy. Oh, he's covered in Vaseline. Covered in Vaseline. Slips down, slips down the banister, does a cute little trick on the. You should have seen him when he got to the end of the banister. He did a little wink, and then his eye kind of got stuck together by the Vaseline, and then he sort of flopped down on the ground, and then he did a couple of tumbles, and then he was straight out the dog door. It was very good. Oh, it must have been quite oily in there. It was very oily. So we had to clean up a little bit, obviously. Yeah. Um, but then it was time. <sighs> it was time for the big event. It was time for Delta Guthrum.
1: Thank you, everyone, for watching. That was Corey the Slippery Boy.
0: Go, Corey. Yes, it was so great. Slippery. It was just great, wasn't it? So, I tell you uh, what, thank, big shout out to Speaky and helping our wife this evening. I wish I'd never, wipe this I'd never met that Chantreuse.
1: That, oh,
0: that wily, wily singer. Anyway, now, time for the big event of the night. We have got. Delta Godrem. Never yeah. oh God. give it up Delta Give it up Delta Godrem. So what happened? She starts to sing You'd asked her to do a set i asked her to do a set But I'd specifically asked her Not to sing the song Butterfly Yes yeah, so And we, what is she open with? It's Butterfly isn't it? You've got it oh, Are you some Are you some sort of psychic? Yes just, of course I, it was Butterfly fuck. So she's up there She's singing Butterfly And I I I didn't realise it For a a while Because I was Obviously bussing the tables Yeah And she was Probably like Halfway Into the chorus Before I started Turning around Being like Wait Wait a minute Is this Butterfly? And I started hearing A low rumble A low rumble A low rumble That slowly escalated Into a very very hard rumble You know It was It was 400 to 500 insane caterpillars all cocooning at once. Why were there caterpillars in the casino? Because they're just... Janine has a very sweaty environment. It breeds caterpillars. There was 400 to 500 caterpillars in a good room. I don't know how to explain it. So She's they're... got a lot of hanging plants. Oh. So they're mass cocooning around these, these They're mass plants. cocooning. 400 to 500 of them A sort of ear-piercing noise. Kind of sounds like, have you ever been hit on the head by a basketball? Yeah. Uh, no. Alright, but neither have I. But, um, you know, it's kind of like, uh, have you ever been whacked on the head by a frying pan? Yes. Alright, yeah, I remember when I did that too. Yeah, I do. Yeah, well, it was kind of like that, just all at once, crunching, crunching, and then Delta's still belting it out, um, and then she starts yelling... Oh, what's happening what's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? Who lit a match? I don't know i'm still that's still a mystery to me What was it very flammable in there? I mean, I suppose you said there was the coats. Well, there was a lot of candles. I suppose there was candles on every surface. We tried to get as many candles as possible um so I guess theoretically it could have been one of the candles, but I think it was the... I think it was the sort of the friction caused by the mass cocooning. My real question for you is spooky. Where did the elephant come from? I would like to know that myself. I never saw the elephant. My theory is when Janine's very stressed, she sounds a bit like an elephant. Oh. Oh, she must have been quite stressed. Mm. But um, you know, that's just a theory that I'm working with. Because otherwise, I mean, wh- what are we else? What else do we have to contend with that there was an actual elephant at the casino? Yeah, I suppose that's the only other thing that could have happened. Yeah, I think I would have seen that. So, not a great night for the opening of Junino Casino, then. It wasn't a great night, but you know, we trug on. Yeah. What you gonna you're gonna keep the casino up after that? Yeah, I mean, sure, Janine's good room has been burnt almost down to the ground, but, you know, we we must we must play our games of chance. Yeah. Did you ever get to do a backflip? I did. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. Something that you can't hear in the recording is um, when all the pandemonium was going on, you know, the supposed elephant and Janine screaming and Leighton Hewitt grabbing Delta Goodrum and trying to sort of make a break for it out the window. Um, I got up there um, onto the free stage. Yeah. It was kind of sticky from From Corey's Corey's slippery boy routine. There's also a lot of glitter there from Delta's hair. Yeah. I got there and I was standing there in the spotlight and I did a perfect backflip. Oh, that's beautiful, Spooky. All your dreams. It's beautiful, but there's no one there to see it. Well, another life, another day. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, how was your Wednesday? Oh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't come to the casino. Well, I'm a bit sad that you didn't see all the hoo-ha. Yeah, well, mm. you know, hearing about it from you was just mm. as good as being there, I think. Yes, well... Well, I've heard you, um, there's something quite exciting this week. You've got us an interview. I do have us an interview. Finally, I've actually wrangled one. Um, and she's an expert um, in Prussian rule. All right, I mean, I suppose that's quite relevant, given that we're all it's living very under Prussian relevant. rule at the she's, moment. She's going to tell us exactly what we can and what we cannot do under Prussian rule, so we'll finally get it sorted. We'll finally know whether you can, you know, um, go over to your partner's house and fuck them on a Wednesday and then also fuck them on a Tuesday and whether you can bring them a croissant or not. All right, well, shall we... Shall we uh, well, let's, let's, let's see how it went. All right. Um, we've got uh Greta Fauspender, uh from Melbourne University who's a researcher in 19th century um Prussian rule um, here on the pod uh uh welcome to the pod uh, Greta
1: Hello, thank you for having me
0: oh, you're very welcome um so um first i I guess I'd like to know is um who the bloody hell are you? And uh, what, uh, what's your area of expertise?
1: Um, all right. Well, as we've, I think, already established, my name is uh, Greta Faustbender. I'm, um, I'm an academic mm-hmm. based at the University of Melbourne. Mm. And my area of expertise is uh, 19th century European history.
0: Okay, so I got that a little bit wrong. I thought that you were specifically uh, studying the Prussian rule but um, so it's just all European history. So all of it. All right. Yes. All right. Okay. That's very, that sounds very broad. I manage. Mm. And Melbourne university. That's one of the big ones. That's one of the big four.
1: It's, uh, it's part of the group of eight. If, if ah. that's what you're referring to. yes.
0: Oh, I was thinking, I was thinking of the big four banks. <laughs> Silly mistake. Yes. Yeah, Uni- so. u- universities are, n- are nothing like banks.
1: No, nothing,
0: no nothing, no, nothing at all like banks. All right. So, um, so we've got you on the pod, Greta, um, not only for your cheery disposition, but also to explain to our listeners um, some of these new rules that are coming out um, now that the Prussians have taken over.
1: I'm s- sorry. What now that the Prussians have taken over? What?
0: Well, now that well, can you explain to us what life would be like under Prussian rule?
1: Um, well, i I mean, are you referring? I, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not quite following your train of thought. Are you referring to what life would life was like under under Prussian Prussian leadership following the unification of Germany in 1871?
0: Well, when I slipped into your DMs on Twitter and I asked you, um, could you? Share a little something about Prussian rule. Remember all those things you told me. You were you you had a big a big list of of um, exemptions and something about Catholics.
1: Yes. Uh, well, I mean, following so following the death of the the Spanish king, there was a gap in the, in the, in the candidature for who, who should next inherit the Spanish throne in the, in the late 19th century and the nearest relative to the, the, the Spanish, um, the Spanish mm. candidate was actually a Hohenzollern prince who was a, a, close relative of the Prussian king.
0: All and, right. Um, okay.
1: The Bismarck, the, uh, iron chance. Oh, Bismarck.
0: Yeah. heard of him.
1: Um, thought that it would, Be a good idea to put forward this Hohenzollern prince as as the candidate, and um, the French were not happy about it, and um, they were worried Mm. about they were worried about a a Prussian Prussian royal ascending the Spanish throne and sort of sandwiching them between, you know, um, as 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 a predominantly Catholic country, they were worried about a a Protestant sort of Prussian Prussian ruler on the Spanish front, and so they. They objected. I
0: can, under, I can I mean, I guess I can understand how um, the Catholic French majority would be upset by a Protestant Prussian uh, Hollandic prince. Um, mm. Did I say that right? Ho- Hollandais and is, is it the, the, similar to the breakfast? Um, the Hollandais prince. Um, I can understand why they wouldn't want him in power. But what I have, to, what I'm trying to sort of nut out here is, what has that got to do with staying indoors?
1: got absolutely nothing to do with because nature.
0: you know how we all have to stay indoors now because of the prussian rule they didn't want anyone they were against what street festivals what what's why is it so um, why are they so strict about small businesses and you know fun houses of all varieties
1: well i mean i guess uh, after after you know after the the ENDS telegram was released in which Bismarck sort of edited, edited this, this correspondence between him, him and the, and the the French foreign minister Hmm. um, to make it seem like that the, the French French foreign minister had been uh, sort of insulted um, and then thereby, you know, provoked France into declaring war on Prussia. Bismarck sort of did all that. He sort of, you know, created this whole sort of situation. And I guess, you know, if you were sort of in the re and then, you know, once, once troops are mobilized and the war sort of started, I think a lot of people would have stayed in their homes uh, because, you know, there were, there was, there was war going on out outside. So for example, there, if, was
0: rash, there was rationing as well, wasn't there?
1: Um, There was rationing, but I know that, um, for for the French troops in particular, who were getting mobilised and sent to to the front, uh, there was actually a, a, a severe shortage of rationing, and the whole army was really sort of disorganised. Okay. And there are lots of accounts of troops. Uh,
0: uh, mm-hmm. All right. That. Well, so I have I have a question here actually from from one of the listeners about rationing. Maybe you can go into this. Um, okay. To be honest, I'm a little bit perplexed. It's a, it's all a little bit over my head. I am quite a small chihuahua, but I, I, I thought I had quite a big brain, but it's, it's taking me quite a while to process everything you're saying, Greta. So just, uh, you know, strap me in your sidecar and take me for a ride, but please slow down to the lights. Um, anyway, this is the question, um, and it comes from uh, one of our listeners. Uh, it's so hypothetically, if I wanted to buy a croissant for my friend who is a Catholic, and they wanted to share that croissant with the Lord, what step of that process would be illegal under Prussian rule right now?
1: Under Prussian rule right now?
0: Yeah, under Prussian rule right now.
1: I don't, I don't think that I'm, I'm, I'm not, nothing, no part of that would be illegal.
0: No part of that would be it. So she's all right. She can go to the shops and she can get a croissant. Yeah. She can share. She can break a bit off for the, for Jesus.
1: Yes. I, I mean, I don't really see what the problem with that is like bakeries are still operating at the moment.
0: Oh, all right. Okay. I guess. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll message her back. Um, that's some pretty good news for her. Great. More after this on spooky speaks. So it's been a big week, I suppose, in international politics this week. You know? It has. Should we do um, a regular segment, Club Poll, we talk about um, news and events in Amy Klobuchar's life? I was going to talk about what Prussian rule was like in New York and all that, and, you know, the fight to melt the curve and all that, but you want to just, you, you, you want to get straight to Club Poll? Oh, I'm a little bit, I, I'm a little bit over Prussian rule. It's all that anyone ever talks about anymore. Yeah. All right. Well, what's going on in Amy Klobuchar's life? Um, well, she has released, um, a memoir. Oh, yeah? And it is called, um, The Senator Next Door. That's right. Oh, that sounds very catchy. Sorry to have to look at my notes for a second there. But that's, isn't that great? The Senator Next Door. It's very homely. It's very her. You know, it's her. Yeah. Because she's always next door. When we were in a plane, she'd always be next door in the plane. Oh, Mm. Yeah. What kind of a neighbor is she like? Is she the kind of person who would, like give you a cup of sugar? Well, you know, you know, how there's the kind of neighbors who um, sort of just glare at you across the street while they're um, reading a book and also watering their plants. Yeah. Yeah, she's kind of like that. All oh, right. Sort of like a, a real like a, oh what's that? Uh, Blue velvet kind of neighbor. Yeah, kind of like that. You know, she's kind of like the neighbor where. You know, she lives in kind of like a housing complex with like a lot of her extended family. And she's got a kind of um, mosaic to um, Aphrodite. Oh. Um, And, you know, a lot of her supposed uh, young nephews and nieces all have um, Hummer limos. Right. Mm. Well, she sounds pretty cool. She sounds like a great neighbour. She's pretty neighbourly. Yeah. Yeah. She'll definitely call the neighbourhood watch on you. All right. Did that ever happen to you? That would never happen to me. We're very close friends. Ah, uh, right. Mm. How's her memoir going compared to yours? I mean, I imagine there's a lot more words in hers. Well, I mean, hers is very... It's a lot harder to read than mine. I tell you what. chapters and everything. Uh-huh. Well, she goes into her upbringing, you know. She was uh, obviously raised in Minnesota. Yeah. And uh, as anyone in Minnesota would know, um, you need to have a three years compulsory... Uh, corn picking Right mm. So she, she did her three years Compulsory corn picking Was that a good time Of her life for her? And, well she She came out of it As a queen of the corn Oh And was paraded Through the town um, So that was That's chapter one And then she goes Into her later life Where she starts getting Into student politics Right And then um, She really loves it Yeah and What kind of things Did she advocate for As a student politician? Uh, she wanted um, More homework Right. Mm. Well, she must have been very popular. She was actually very popular. She made people realise how lazy they actually are. Oh, well, mm. yeah. Mm. That's, uh, that's lovely. Yeah. Where does, where does the book end up? Well, the final chapter is um, the first time that she ever got her legs shaved by a staff member. Mm. And it's just a very, very poetic moment um, of you know her just describing how she feels, how silky her legs are. Um, flapping them about and, you know, it's very beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I found those sort of dadaist sort of movements, you know. Yes, yeah, so like... a lot of sound poetry to it, yeah. Yeah, no, like, I know, like, I've not seen too many political memoirs mm. with, like, push buttons, like in children's mm. books, but mm-hmm. there they are, you know. Yeah, she's got a lot of lift-outs. Mm. Um, oh, people... yeah, those pop-ups Yeah. are fucking incredible. A lot of pictures of her legs. Um... Yeah. yeah, that one page where you open it and the leg just flips out and... On the face? That's her kicking you in the face. Yeah. Mm. Which is really what you want from a political leader, right? That feeling that they could domineer. That's great. I mean, that's, been her, that's why I'm so attracted to her. Yeah. That's exactly the kind of politician that I'd like to be. I'd like to be someone who people are just sort of delightfully scared of. Yeah. Speaking of people I'm delightfully scared of, mm. have you seen uh, on this week? No, have you seen him? Well... I thought we were supposed to be social distancing under depression rule. Oh, well, I skipped out. You skipped out to talk to Skirma. Yeah, well, you know, he was knocking on the door. He was doing that thing with the signs... That sounds pretty... ...from Love Incredible. Actually. I mean, it, it's a social distancing thing, right? Oh, uh, right. What was he saying on these signs? What did he, uh, well, what he, did he have said, to say to you? He said he was handing um, the nation over to the hands of God um, that free childcare is communism, but he's going to do it anyway. And he also told me that his prayer knees are kind of sore. Well, that's quite a series of statements, isn't it? It is. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was quite odd. I mean, my prayer knees have gotten sore from time I mean, to time, my, if you know what I mean. My prayer knees have never been fitter. Yeah? You th- they're getting... Well, I'm using them every day, obviously, I'm praying, yeah. Yeah. Now, what are you praying to, Spooky. Well, I'm praying for a croissant in this damn economy. Oh, yeah, fuck, I miss mm. croissants. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Golden nuggets of joy. Are you allowed croissants? Them. Are you allowed croissants in the Prussian economy? Well, I couldn't really figure it out from that interview, could you? Are you allowed to get a croissant or what? Yeah, it was it was a little bit unclear. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, any, if there are any other uh, better Prussian rule experts, maybe can you get in touch and tell me what's the bloody deal with getting a croissant? Yeah. Do you have to have it blessed? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, shall we pray the rest of the interview?
1: Oh, all right. Under Prussian rule, I mean, obviously the the sort of the North German Confederation of states is w- was defunct. Um, all of the other sort of southern German states and the predominantly Catholic states had been sort of you know incorporated under it. Um, Austria had been expelled from the North German Confederation and therefore from sort of Germany as we now know it. Um, But in terms of what is and isn't allowed, I mean, maybe one of the most notable sort of restrictions was the, I guess, the the 1872 ban uh, on gambling.
0: All right. Okay. So here's where we might, yeah, come into some... A little bit of conflict. All right. So what have you got against the slots? What would, would you, I, all right, I guess what I should ask you first is, do you identify as a Prussian? Have I got a Prussian on the pod right now?
1: No, I, I'm a historian of the 19th century.
0: All right. But you know quite a lot about Prussia. W-
1: yes. It's my area of expertise.
0: And would you say that they, they were the winners?
1: The winners of what
0: in your heart in your heart does your heart belong to prussia
1: i mean in terms of
0: because i feel i feel like it does i feel like you've, you've you're certainly seem to be a prussian
1: sympathizer well i certainly um i'm i'm I mean I think Prussia's a really fascinating um example of sort of nineteenth century uh nationalism and and you know, and that sort of thing and, and I think that it's particularly important to understand these things, considering, you know, the sort of um the diplomacy and the kind of you know politics that led to other other sort of things i mean we can obviously trace the origins of the first world war back to the unification of germany and the kinds of politics that were that were were sort of happening between between prussia and or germany and, mm. and france and and also belgium you know and, and england um and then from that you know we can sort of gauge Mm. You know, obviously out of the First World War, we had the Depression and then obviously the Second World War. And then, you true, know,
0: true. Well, some people say kind of, that it is quite yeah. depressing. Yes. But I mean, all this is very, like I said, all this is very fine. It's all very great. But what I think my listeners want to know is how do we interpret this information into useful ideas for everyday life? I mean, sure, German unification as you said might have brought out a lot of social security nets to keep people loyal to the throne but yeah. um but what is that how does that you know what does that mean to you know Martha and Mark who run a trailer park down in Moorabbin? what what's how's that going to affect their toilet roll prices how's that going to you know put money in their in their bank how are they going to send um you know their children Uh, through school, when they don't know if they're going to be taught, you know, regular maths or Prussian maths.
1: Well, as Otto von Bismarck famously said, the great questions of the day will not be settled by means of speeches and majority, but by iron and blood.
0: Well, that sounds very terrifying to me. All right, well, all right, I've got one more question, and this is from another listener, um, uh, we've got, to, and le- let me just say before, because I do suspect that you might be Prussian, so let me just premise this question by saying that this is a, it's not my opinion, it's, a, it's someone that sent it in and they're completely anonymous. Um, the question is if you had to steal a loaf of bread to feed your family, um, you know, would that be illegal under Prussian rule?
1: Well, stealing is always illegal, whether it's under Prussian rule or not so
0: but if it was a, a loaf of bread to to feed your starving family would would Prussian rule look the other way
1: Well I, I don't think that that law is and,
0: okay well all right well but and what what if, for example, your family didn't like bread very much, but they liked uh, casinos, you know. Would that, that be so? Would that be so bad?
1: Well, considering that casinos and gambling were outlawed under sort of Prussian rule, then I mean, I guess. Oh
0: that, right! So it's it's it's, it's a, as bad as I thought it was. It's it is actually you, you are actually trying to shut down the fun houses and all of the slots, huh? You you don't want us to juice fruit in peace? This is terrible! All right, well. I mean, uh, I, I've got some other calls to make. Uh, thank, you for, thank you for being on the pod. Um, we'll have to have you back when we want to talk about, uh, I guess, maybe something else. Do you know anything else other than all of this stuff about German reunification? What can we get you back for? Do you know anything about Amy Klobuchar? Uh,
1: all I know is that politics is the art of the next best.
0: I, I, you can't argue with that. All right. Well, thank you, Greta. Um, I guess all, all the best to you and your jackbooted friends.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I hope you do end up uh, killing the king of Denmark, and I guess seizing power uh, all over the west of Europe. Yeah. I'm Wish, not... you, wish you well. Okay. That's, well, that's what you want, isn't it? Land grabber
1: not me personally.
0: Uh, well. I I think I've I think I've heard enough. All right. Okay. All right, I'm ending this. I'm ending this Zoom right now.
1: All right. Well. Okay. Oh, thank you very much.
0: I don't know. I'm very, I'm just I feel like I'm more confused than I, when I came in. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose now it's time to get the real expert opinion, right? Thor it's that time of the week. Oh, my, my special bridging visa segment. You All right. Do it. Okay. Well. Bridging visa, you're not quite there. Bridging visa, arcing through the air. Oh, you sing it better every week, Spooky. Well, this week I've got a very special bridge for you.
1: Oh yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah. It's
0: actually it's more than one bridge. It's seven bridges. Seven. Oh, it's a holy number. It's a holy number of bridges. Mm. Um, there was uh, famously seven apostles, and the seven bridges. Right. Of, um, Kossenberg. Yeah. And there isn't seven apostles anymore, are there? They all fell into the ocean. Oh, they did, yeah. Mm, how many it. How many are there now? I think only two or three. Two or three apostles. All right. Yeah. Well, there's seven of these. You know, there was, uh, seven holy seals on the um, mouth of hell. Yeah. And there's seven bridges of Kossenberg. Yeah, well, tell me about these bridges of Kossenberg. All right, so there's seven bridges of Kossenberg. I'm really glad we're not talking about the game of bridge. No, you got very mad at me for not talking about physical bridges the other day. How did it go at the casino? The you, bridge. You Dealing Bridge. I didn't I couldn't figure it out. We no. just we ended up playing Snap. Uh, it's a lot easier. Right. Yeah. Alright anyway, tell me about these damn bridges. Alright, so Seven Bridges of Kossenberg um are a mathematical problem devised in seventeen uh, thirty six in the Prussian uh, precinct of Kossenberg. So how are the bridges a mathematical problem? Well they are um they are physical bridges. Yes. So don't get too mad. Okay. Mm-hmm. But they led to the, um, the bergering, uh, field of graph theory. Okay. Basically, from what I've read, yes. um, you, uh, apparently you can't walk, um, over seven bridges without doubling up on one. Okay, because it's... Um, okay. And that's got something to do with the graph. So apparently it's... Um, what does it have to do with the graph? Please explain to me, Spooky. All right, okay. Well, I've got it written down here. All right, let me try and figure it out. All right, so... Um, well, you know, you know how a, a graph is sort of like a, an abstract vertex or node connected by ventricles? Of course. Well, the bridges are the ventricles that connect the vertex to the node. Oh, that's really cleared it up for me. Thanks, Spooky. Yes, and so if you have a circular um, vertex that uh, funnels back on itself, then every bridge you cross, when you get to the other side, you'll have to go over one of the bridges that you went over before to get back to where you want to go. Okay, so I'm going to stop you here. Is that clear? Yeah, that's, it's clear, but I'm just not... What's the problem with having to cross a bridge twice. They hated it back then to uh, do that. Prussians don't like crossing a bridge uh, twice. I think it's bad luck. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you like this bridge? Well, I like this bridge because I think it really um, illustrates how bridges can be used to solve mathematical problems, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah? Yeah. Do you feel like this could be brought into the pedagogy in you know, primary education? I think they probably could. I mean... I don't know if I should be the one to explain it. I mean, really, I don't know if I'm really explaining the mathematical problem very well, but um, you've just got to trust me that these are very cool bridges. They look pretty, pretty normal. Oh. They're made of stone. Oh. Um, they've got that sort of uh, sad face arc to them that all good bridges have. Yeah. Um, nice little neat bridges just popping over lakes. Pop, pop, pop. In know, little sort of circular pattern. Um, but you've got to choose one to go over twice. I swear these fucking bridges get worse every week. Well, what's so bad about that? You know what, I just... I've got no sense of the character of the bridge. I don't really get a sense of its history. Um, you've told me there's a problem. I Touches don't, I don't sep- see what it is. 1736. Yeah, but I don't care. Why do you care about this bridge? What does it give you? Anything about bridges excites me. Yeah... There's been a lot of people who have called in and said, I don't understand why this dog likes bridges. It doesn't make any sense. I told you in the first episode. Everyone should listen to the first episode. My my love for bridges started when I saw a very brave chihuahua get chased by police. Yeah, but have have any chihuahuas crossed these seven bridges? All chihuahuas are spiritually connected to bridges. Um, it's something that we talk about in our chat rooms. Oh, right. Um, you can cross a bridge in your mind. Um but you should never burn one. Anyway, Uh, that's my bridging visa for this week. All right, yep, sure, Mm -hmm. fine. All right, well, casinos and ruins. You seem to be running out of bridges. What are you doing over the next week? We're going to have a new casino. We'll uh, we'll find a new place. Um, You know, maybe not something in Mornington Peninsula because I feel like the um, local sheriff was pretty mad at us. Um, So we might be moving up to Mordialic. Oh, right, um, yeah. So you're going to be spending the week rebuilding the casino. Yeah, well, there's a lot of... Um, there's a quite a few sort of like... Uh, uh, what would you call them? You know where old boats go to die? Oh, d- d- boat graves. Oh, right, boat graves. There's a lot of boat graves in Moriak, Um, underneath a lot of piers. Right. I think we could probably set up some casinos, you know, maybe just drape some of the old upward... Turn boats with some green felt and you know, start uh, laying some cards down, playing some snap. I suppose it's less likely to catch on fire. Mm. And we've already got um, Guy Sebastian booked for next week. Oh, that's great, Spooky! It's a pretty good get, isn't it? Yeah, he's not going to sing Butterfly now, is he? Well, he doesn't have any songs about butterflies. And as far as I know, the um, uh, I mean, the, the docks of Morialek are not infested by caterpillars. Yeah, I mean, I know you're a huge fan of him, of Guy, because he obviously got like super famous and Idol for him singing. Were you ever Troubled... No, Climb Every Mountain, right? Oh, no, I was thinking the wrong song. Yeah, no, I don't really like him very much. But he's a good get, because he did win um, uh, Eurovision, didn't he? Or did he? He did pretty well, anyway. Yeah. And he's got hair like a sort of funky mouse. <sighs> he's a good guy. All right, should I end it with a poem? All right, so this poem is uh, dedicated to Delta Gudrum. I will hurt you, I'll never respect you, I will bring the hammer down, I'll always be around, I won't forget you, or neglect you, won't let no one take your place, in your eyes I see my crazened face. right, and that's my poem, it's a bit darker than usual.
1: I'm not sure I like
0: that one, Spooky. Mmm. Well, Delta,
1: just watch you back, alright? See you in heaven. See you in heaven. Mm.